0: Welcome to Island Watch. Each week, we'll explore an island by watching a TV show or a movie. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale. Hi, I'm Dave Zarg.
1: And I'm Gemma Voss. And welcome to Island Watch, the podcast that virtually visits islands all over the world. This week, we're headed for the island of Mallorca. All aboard. Here we are, sailing along towards the beautiful island of Mallorca.
0: Yeah, Mallorca is a beautiful island. It's a Spanish island in the Mediterranean, and it's the largest of a group called the Balearic Islands. And just to locate it, it's about 200 kilometers south of Barcelona and about 260 kilometers east of Valencia. It's quite a big island. It's about 3,600 square kilometers and has over 500 kilometers of coastline. And it has a really neat range of features like two mountainous regions and a fertile central plain and really jagged cliffs and a number of beaches as well. Because of its location, it has a typically Mediterranean climate, which has been called mild and stormy winters and hot, bright, dry summers. Sounds neat.
1: It does sound nice. I actually was curious to catch more of a glimpse of Majorca that wasn't through the eyes of this week's show. So I have a link on our website to a YouTube documentary. It's just showing different slices of life of Majorcan residents. So there's an old fellow who has his own fishing show and takes his grandson out on the boat. They go and do a little bit of fishing. There's another one. It's a long story, so we won't get into it here. But um, slingshots were traditional <laughs> weapons on Mallorca. So there's a, a fellow who makes traditional slingshots from agave fibers. And actually, my favorite portion of that show was a contrast between two different almond farmers, something I also know next to nothing about. Two different almond farmers on the island, one who harvests everything mechanically by using a machine to very, I'd say, violently shake the tree to get the almonds to drop and there's another farmer up the road who picks everything by hand, and I learned a little bit about why he would do that. So, anyway, the link is at our website at islandwatchpodcast.com so you can get a little bit more of a taste or flavor of Majorca before diving into the Majorca files this week's show.
0: A few notes about names and spellings Majorca is the biggest of the Balearic Islands. And there's a much smaller neighboring island that's called Menorca. So, Majorca, Menorca.
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to the original Latin names for these two islands, and it just means basically the bigger and the smaller, just like major and minor.
0: The island's name is spelled M-A-L-L-O-R-C-A. It's pronounced Majorca because in Spanish the double L makes a Y sound. But from the spelling, it looks to an English speaker like it could be pronounced Mallorca. However, that's not correct. Because of that confusion, sometimes it's spelled differently in the English-speaking world. It's spelled M-A-J-O-R-C-A. But the correct spelling is with the double L.
1: The Balearic Islands are actually an autonomous community in Spain, and it has two official languages, Catalan and Spanish. Because of tourism, English and German are widespread. Have you checked out our blog at islandwatchpodcast.com? You'll find show notes and extras like Island Hopping, which lets you know what other island-related shows the cast appears in. My favorite, though, is our Island Watch Picnic Picks, specially customized to complement each show we watch what better way to spend time at home you whip up some special island treats and you watch a great show how about some moana inspired kalua pig
0: just don't eat it in front of your pet pig like she slipped up and did
1: yeah that was not her best moment okay but how about some newfoundland purity cream crackers and wine and cheese to soak up all the atmosphere of episode three's grand seduction Or you could get your greens together for a koala mukbang in Izzy's Koala World, our first mini-episode.
0: Feast your eyes and your palate with Island Watch Picnic Picks.
1: We're now heading into winter here in North America. Just in the last few days, it's gotten distinctly colder. How do you feel about that, Dave?
0: Not Coming up to my favorite time of year, I do have a definite preference for summer.
1: Actually, it got me to thinking about snowbirds and how I'm surprised that you're not a snowbird yet.
0: (laughs) Well, unfortunately, I'm not able to be a snowbird because I'm not retired yet. But also this year, 2020, and this coming winter into 2021, I'm not sure how many people will actually get to be snowbirds to go south because of all the travel restrictions.
1: For people that aren't sure what we're talking about, snowbirds are people who travel from northern climates like Canada and the northern U.S. to escape the snow and ice in wintertime. And they head down and live someplace warmer for the winter, like usually for five or six months uh, at a time. So that's why they're called snowbirds, because they migrate back and forth. So they go to places like Florida and Arizona, whereas most working stiffs like us we go to shorter getaways for people who want to go down and just spend a few weeks of vacation in the winter time And it seems like Mallorca plays a similar role for Europeans. It's only a two-hour flight from London, Berlin, Paris, Frankfurt, and other major centers. So I think that's one of the reasons this show got made. They they knew that they had a built-in audience of people who'd be interested, just like people wanted to watch Miami Vice for the color and the style and the flash and the scenery. I think they've got a similar formula in mind for the Mallorca files.
0: So who are the Europeans visiting Mallorca?
1: I looked at some statistics from 2019 and, drumroll please, the main tourists visiting are Germans. Over 4 million Germans visited Mallorca in 2019 and considering the island's population is only 869,000 people... That is a huge influx of visitors, especially when you add in another 2.5 million visitors that are coming from the United Kingdom, which is the second largest group. The third largest group of visitors are people from all Nordic countries combined, and that only comes to 700,000. So clearly, the island is the most popular with Germans and people from the UK.
0: It sounds like it would be a pretty busy destination for, for all these tourists to come.
1: And it made me think that very near the start of the first episode, one of the characters is calling to London to explain why she has to stay in Mallorca. And as she's making the call, there's kind of a group of like dudes who are definitely there to drink and party. So I think the island has a bit of that reputation as well, that a lot of tourists go down there just to party and nothing else.
0: Well, the history of Mallorca and the other Balearic Islands is that they've been invaded for millennia. So having so many foreigners come ashore isn't new for them. It seems like a consequence of being in the crossroads in the Mediterranean. A lot of people are going to come through and use it for their purposes. And the purpose is right now, or at least up until COVID, the purpose is tourism. And that's what has been driving the Mallorcan economy.
1: Yeah, it's it's the main part of their economy. So my heart goes out to them cuz this must uh, this must be a, a time that has really hurt them. Considering all these people coming to visit, it's little wonder that when they were creating the Majorcan Files that they decided on one British detective and one German detective. The show is filmed in English. It's for their two biggest Uh, tourist markets. I'm making it sound like this is a Majorcan production. It's not. It's, um, well, we're going to get to that in a minute. There are characters in the Majorca Files who are Majorcan. It's just that the, the two main characters are one German detective, one British detective. So the characters who are Majorcan, the chief of police is one of them. There's a love interest for Max, the German detective who is also an islander. It seems like Mallorca is one of those destinations that some people love to hate because it's become synonymous in recent years with a place to have a cheap getaway.
0: Well, I came across an interview with actor Julian Luhmann, who plays the German detective, and he was asked, do you think this drama will help to alter the public perception of Mallorca? And he said, yes, I definitely think it will change people's minds about the island. I know I had a prejudice about Mallorca before I made the show. I thought it was all stag and hen parties, girls on the beach in bikinis, and lots of booze. But it turns out that it's a really beautiful place. It's incredible that such a small island has so much to offer.
1: So now that we know where we're headed, a Mediterranean island that's a tourist hub with stunning natural beauty, how are we going to get there? We're going to use the BBC TV series, The Majorca Files.
0: The Majorca Files is a British police drama set in Majorca, and it pairs a British detective and a German detective. The show is a co-production of BBC with German network ZDF Neo and France 2, along with the North American streaming service Britbox, as well as TV production companies Cosmopolitan Pictures and Clerkenwell Films. It was created by Dan Sefton, who is the showrunner and one of the executive producers. Now, the cast is headed up by Ellen Reese as Detective Miranda Blake, Julian Luhmann plays the German detective Max Winter, and Maria Fernandez-Ache stars as the Chief of the Palma Police. The show premiered on BBC One in the UK in November of 2019.
1: Those were different times, eh? <laughs>
0: yep, for sure.
1: It is interesting that BBC, when they aired this show, they aired it as a daytime show? So it was broadcast at 2.15 or 2.30 in the afternoon. I don't really watch a lot of network TV, but I I don't know that that's a popular time to show a police show. At. What do you think?
0: I don't think they do that here in Canada on a standard network in the daytime. I think it would probably be more an evening show.
1: Right. But that said, if your kids walked into the room... While you're watching this, there's certainly nothing that you would need to put an R rating on for. (laughs) It's kind of, it reminds me of programs from the 1970s, like Macmillan and Wife or Columbo. They were really more about the character than the crime. You watch them more for the character than the crime. I think there was a mystery, but you kind of wanted to see relationships develop. It's got that kind of '70s vibe—a show that doesn't really show the crimes so much as suggest the crimes, and there's very little blood or gore, anything like that. Mainly, it's about the two detective characters.
0: I got the same kind of feeling. It also reminded me a bit of Moonlighting from the from the 1980s, and another show called Heart to Heart.
1: Oh, Heart to Heart. <laughs> Wow. Okay. We're, we're dating ourselves, but we're also saying this show has that kind of nostalgic quality, even though it's clearly set in now.
0: It's not a crime procedural in the way that a CSI show would be where they really get into the forensics of things. It's more kind of light action and, and the relationship between these characters and then their interactions with the people they come across.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have that kind of jerky jump shot editing that a lot of American crime shows have. It's a much more relaxed pace, although, yeah, there's some action in it. In episode two, there's some really good bicycle racing and stuff like that. Oh, and actually in episode one, there is a, a pretty riveting chase done in golf carts.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, maybe it's not riveting, but it's a, it's kind of original, I guess.
0: It's a, a slow speed chase, perhaps. They must be doing something right because the show's already been picked up for a second season.
1: We should let you know that there were 10 episodes in the first season. And for this show today that we're doing, we watched two of those episodes, the first two episodes, just to get a feel for the show. So we're making our review based on 20% of the content. So the show starts off with a little bit of fish out of water, where... We quite rapidly find out that British detective Miranda Blake is an introvert. I mean, it's so explicit that the person actually asks her if she is an introvert, so we are not meant to doubt that. She's not given to chit-chat. She's got a charming prisoner with her who is trying to get her to talk, and it's understandable that he might want to have a chat as they're handcuffed to each other. Her job is to take him back to England for trial, he seems to be, let's say, the head of an Ocean's Eleven type gang. But she's all business and you get the sense she hasn't even noticed that she's on Mallorca because she's so focused on the task.
0: And of course, things don't go exactly as planned. And that's how she winds up meeting Max Winter, the German detective. And he's not an introvert at all. And now you get a pretty strong sense that things are going to go down the path of a will-they-won't-they they story.
1: Yeah, like you mentioned, it's like a flashback to moonlighting. Also, I think one of the reasons we decided to include this show in Island Watch is that it seems right from the get-go that Majorca itself is going to be a major character in the TV series. As I mentioned in episode two, which is called King of the Mountains, the writing feels like they choose a feature of the island, the writers do, and then they say, Okay, uh, let's uh let's make an episode about that thing. So In episode two, King of the Mountains, they have people doing a sort of a Tour de Mallorca, Tour de France kind of um, bicycle race. And wow, I am not that good a cyclist. But when I saw the scenery, I thought, boy, if you were ever going to try to do that kind of cycling or racing, that is a gorgeous, gorgeous place to do it because it's just up and down. Beautiful mountains overlooking the sea. I wouldn't mind going there and trying that out.
0: The scenery is beautiful. And in episode one, I remember there were some really beautiful shots of these jagged cliffs along the edge of the island and really stunning vistas of, of the whole place. It certainly does seem like the setting is a, is a character by itself.
1: Right. And And not just the natural features, but like in episode three, which I peeked ahead at... They filmed in, like, apparently they, they filmed 95% of the show on location. So they filmed in a cathedral that if if you were visiting Mallorca, you would probably want to make a stop there just to see the architecture. It was gorgeous.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful.
1: And then even in um, the first episode, Max is driving his little sports car. Of course, it's convertible. And they're tearing down the cobblestone streets, and they're ripping around corners, and there's Miranda, the British detective, sitting in her suit and clutching the corner of the car. And, uh, yeah, he's going too fast and kind of scaring scaring her a bit, but they wind up in a town square having a coffee. You know, it's just sort of those beautiful moments that you picture of a European vacation, right? And they are having a get-to-know-you kind of conversation where they're discussing the first crime they're trying to solve together. I think we actually have a clip of that. You know what I think? I think you need a little Mallorca time.
0: The sun is warm, the beer is cold, and the people you love live. Shabala. Okay, so enough small chat. Now we work.
1: And out of the blue, Taylor
0: comes forward and claimed he wanted immunity. And in return, he'd give us the cash and the whole gang. I don't get it. Why betray your friends after all this time? I mean, you have the cash, you clean away. Seems crazy.
1: Taylor told the Met he missed the rain. Wanted to end his days drinking flat beer in the drizzle. And you buy that? (laughs) Of course I do. He's British. I mean, who'd want to live in a place like this? There's the scene. They're sitting in a sunny square, sipping their coffee. And when Miranda says, who'd want to live here? I honestly can't tell if she's being sarcastic.
0: I wasn't sure either. But then I thought this character that she's playing is very interesting. And perhaps she's so focused on her work. She's so intense that maybe she really does prefer the more hectic life at home. But I think she'll come to appreciate the atmosphere here on Majorca.
1: Yeah, it's extra funny because Ellen Reese, the actress playing Miranda, in an interview she said she'd be really sad to leave Mallorca when they were done filming. She loved the incredible scenery, what she called the epic landscape, and the beach being 10 minutes away or having days like filming in a vineyard. Sounded like a pretty tough job.
0: And one of the executive producers, Ben Donald, he talked about this in an interview. He was asked about how they specifically made the island a character. And he said, Yes, we're not in generic Spain. This could not be anywhere else. The stories in the series are very much connected to this place and embedded in the local culture. It's not a parallel universe of expats. What you get is a very strong sense of this particular island as opposed to anywhere else in the Mediterranean. It's not an invented island.
1: I'm not sure about the part where he says it's not a parallel universe of expats, because from the show so far it it does feel like an overlay of foreigners on the Majorcans. I'm not getting a real sense of the Majorcans, right?
0: Yeah, that's something I noticed as well in these first couple of episodes that it it's mostly the expats.
1: Both episodes that I've watched so far. The crimes are mostly about foreigners committing crimes, right? I, I, the bike episode, maybe it was Mallorcan, but... In the
0: second episode, there is a Spanish cyclist, but he was, I believe, born on mainland Spain and grew up in Argentina, so he's not actually a Mallorcan. So I'm not sure how much of the, at least so far in the series, how much we're actually seeing of the Majorcan culture. We're seeing a lot of the scenery both the natural geographic vistas and as well as some of the interesting buildings and architecture, but not so much of the people.
1: Yeah, and it's it's hard to actually figure it out because one, I've never been there and I really don't know much about the island itself. And secondly, because it's been invaded over and over and over throughout its history, I did some reading about the history of Mallorca and honestly I came away with a bit of a headache because it's it's fast moving these people come in these people leave these people come in these people leave these people are overthrown (laughs) it's just a a real whirlwind and so I feel like trying to figure out what is the real quote-unquote the real Mallorca is not that easy if you're a Mallorcan expert by all means Please write in and (laughs) give us your take. But uh, this show is not going to be the one that teaches you about Mallorcan history. Let's put it that way.
0: That's echoed by Dan Sefton, the creator and main writer. In an interview, he said, We could go from British gangsters to German beach resorts, to vineyards to beautiful mountains, to the train in Soler, to drugs in Palma, to models and artists and villas in the hills, to Eurotrash characters. We tried to shoot everything Majorca has to offer.
1: So take it or leave it, they are showing you what the island looks like with this foreign story overlaid on top of it.
0: I think the series is going to focus mostly on on the characters and their relationships. For example, Miranda, DC Blake, she's really too hard working for her own good. Like in this clip where she checks in by phone with her boss in London.
1: With respect, Mum, I still think you're missing the
0: point. I think the point is that you need to let the boss, i.e. me, deal with this. So I'll expect a full report on my desk tomorrow, delivered in person. That'd be absolutely lovely.
1: I was thinking, Mum, I am owed some of my annual leave. All of it, actually. I could take a few days off, lie on a beach, seeing as this is such a charming place. One of the questions the series asks is, will Mallorca unwind Miranda's wound-up personality? Because of the kind of creature this show is, I'm going to go with yes. She's going to become less uptight being on a beautiful island in the sun. Okay, the plot of the show is not all that challenging, so you get a dialogue like in this clip where Miranda goes to the Majorcan chief of police to convince her that she's been asked by her boss in London to stay on Mallorca and tie up loose ends. They want you to investigate. As thoroughly as possible. Now Taylor was a vital British witness. There's still a large prosecution at stake. I have not been informed of this. Fact. The body is already been removed by your people. Of course, but there are still a few loose ends to be tied up. A man is shot dead in my airport. You understand? That's something we don't want to put in the brochures. Please, call my super if you need to confirm things. In fact, I can get you her direct number right now. Fine, fine. In that case, you'll need an escort. That's a pretty weak ploy. <laughs> the writing in this series is not going to challenge you, and In these times, this might be just the kind of show that you're looking for. It's beautiful, it's lightly interesting, but you're definitely not going to have to think too hard about anything.
0: In a couple of reviews I read, they said exactly that. In the times we find ourselves in right now, this is the kind of light action drama comedy detective show that we need just for a brief escape.
1: And it comes complete with corny dad jokes. There's a couple, like I mentioned, after the golf cart chase that I mentioned. Max makes this crack. Why won't this go any faster? Because you can't rush golf. That's what I'm trying to tell Freddy. <laughs> and then there's another scene where Miranda's on the case, even when she shouldn't be, really. Yeah, she's like a dog with a bone. Really, she, she could be working inside a concrete warehouse for all the attention she's paying to her surroundings. Max is risking his job helping her. And through this, you see how much Max loves Mallorca. If Ness
0: sees you in here, she'll kill me. Or worse, sent me back to Germany.
1: Yeah, it's got a little bit of that corny dad humor, but the actor who plays Max is... He's really charming. I saw a few YouTube clips of him where he... He actually trained as an opera singer at one point in his career. And so he was giving some performances and just really had the audience in his hands. So I can see why he was cast uh, in this character, because he is he kind of almost embodies the son of the island. And Miranda more at this point embodies sort of the the rocky cliff faces (laughs) because she's very much a stiff upper lip kind of gal.
0: If you're going to buy the central premise of the show, that these two detectives from another country are sort of seconded to the police department here for an indefinite term, Max really fits the scene. He really fits in with the culture. He's very laid back, and you can see that as he's driving around the island in this convertible that he really enjoys the life there, whereas for Miranda it is definitely a, more of an adjustment that she will need to go through because she really is all business for much of these first few episodes.
1: Especially the first episode, I found her really boring. I mean, she's wearing really boring suit with a button-down blouse, and she's just got this very, well, boring character. Introvert or not, I'm not judging her on the introvertness, but by the second episode, you see that she's going to have, hopefully, signs of some fight in her There's a scene where her and Max are interviewing a racer, a bicycle racer, one of the suspects in the crime that's been committed. They're interviewing him in his trailer and he's getting undressed in front of them, probably to shake them up a little bit. And Miranda just isn't having it.
0: Other people race with their bodies. I race with my mind. Is that right? We only use
1: 10%
0: of the brain. That's a fact.
1: Actually, that's a myth. Who says? A number of studies. They mostly use functional magnetic resonance imaging. I can get you the references. I like that that little exchange because it shows she's got some wit. She's got some play.
0: I think there's room for this character. She's going to let her hair down, figuratively speaking, and I think that she will begin to adapt to life on this island.
1: Here come the holidays.
0: Island Watch is here to help you out. Visit islandwatchpodcast.com. For our amazing island gift list
1: our list is as unique as our show because every gift list item is focused on islands so how easy is this going to make your holiday shopping if you know someone who loves islands
0: and maybe that's you you could get a gift for yourself
1: yeah you sure could and you could spread the joy around and get some island gifts for people you love or people you wish would move away to an island yeah
0: a nice going away gift
1: everybody's got somebody okay or you can get gifts for any of those frontline workers all the people who are carrying the day right now
0: whoever it is we've made it easy to finish your holiday gift shopping just go to islandwatchpodcast.com for all our fantastic suggestions
1: we're gonna look at how we rate this show and remember we have two rating systems not to be confusing but one is the island rating which is to answer the question does a show make me feel like I'm actually on the island and then the second one well we'll get to it in a minute so does this show make you feel like you're actually on the island what rating would you give it
0: well Gemma actually I'm going to give this a four which is toes in the sand I've kicked off my footwear and I'm really enjoying just being right there you see, I think the show really does reflect the island in terms of its physical geography. Not so much the populace, but I certainly really got a sense that I was almost on the island. It's certainly a place that I would want to visit based on what I've seen from it in this show. And what about you, Gemma? What rating would you give it?
1: I would agree with pretty much everything you just said there. I'm also going to give it a four. i I'll tell you... Near the end of episode one, everyone drives up to this lighthouse on a cape. And I was like, you know what? I don't really care what happens from this point out in the show. I'm just going to hang out here. You guys can leave. (laughs) It was really beautiful. So yeah, I'll give it a four out of five toes in the sand. And then, of course, we also have our star rating, which answers the question, would you recommend this show?
0: I think this is one of those enjoyable kinds of TV series that one should not take really too seriously. It harkens back to some of those earlier kinds of detective shows like we've discussed. So I would give it a solid three and a half out of five.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wavering on the three, three and a half, but I think I'm going to give it a three because if you're the kind that likes a really deep mystery to solve, this is not going to be your show. If you're just looking for a kind of sunny entertainment with crime light, then this is a good show for you. But it's definitely not, you're not going to be watching it for the plot. You're going to be watching it for the characters and for the scenery.
0: It's time to play Find the Island. With so many islands in the world, it's challenging to figure out which to visit. That's why we created this Find the Islands segment, to learn more about or even discover islands that are new to us. Maybe it'll help choose which islands to visit, either in person or on a future episode of Island Watch. Here's how to play. One of us gives a series of clues about an island, and the other tries to work out what island it is. Best of all, you can play along at home. Today, it's Gemma's turn to highlight an island.
1: Today's island is actually an island chain with 40 main islands and many small uninhabited islets. And since the 20th century, the islands have been facing loss of population because of lack of economic opportunities.
0: Well, that's not unique in in a number of island communities across the world, but it doesn't really narrow it down for me too much just yet. I think I'll need at least one more clue.
1: At least one more. Yeah, that was just kind of setting the stage. So let's put some players on the stage, and I'll tell you that there's a very interesting range of wildlife. There's red deer, there's wild goats, there's cattle and ponies, and there's even a primitive wild sheep on one of the islands.
0: Okay, sounds pretty rugged and remote. Haven't quite figured it out just yet.
1: Okay, this one might... Might start to help you narrow it down. According to Lonely Planet travel guides, some of Europe's best beaches are here, but don't expect to return with a suntan.
0: Okay, so I'm imagining these are not islands somewhere around the equator. It's probably in a more temperate part of the world. Okay, tell me a little more.
1: Okay, I like your reasoning. Well, there are castles on these islands, and the castles date from the 14th and 15th centuries which sounds a long long time ago but actually much older are something called the Kellanish standing stones. The Kellanish standing stones are on one of the islands in the chain and those standing stones they look not like Stonehenge but it's a similar thing. They're way older than Stonehenge. The pyramids at Giza are about 4,500 years old, but these Kalanish stones are estimated to be 5,000 years old.
0: Okay, I think that's narrowing it down a little bit to the North Atlantic, maybe Scandinavian or Celtic islands. Sorry, I'm not quite sure just yet.
1: You're getting very warm, although if you were actually there, you wouldn't be. (laughs) This one is probably going to take it home for you there's a very famous woven fabric that originated on these islands. It's called Harris Tweed. And originally, crofters, which is just another way of saying tenant farmers, the crofters hand spun the wool, they dyed it with vegetable dyes, and they produced the weavings in their home. Nowadays, much of the yarn production is done in factories, and then the weaving may take place at home.
0: Okay, I think this is probably the chain of islands to the west of Scotland, which is called the Hebrides, right?
1: You got it. The Hebrides. The reason I chose the Scottish Hebrides is I thought, you know, it would be nice to keep on the theme of that kind of mystery of, of the Majorca files and also to acknowledge that both of these places have histories that go back millennia. One of the islands of the Outer Hebrides had a long-standing reputation as being a pretty unusual place. It's called Aylenmoor. It's an uninhabited island. Well, there were sheep living there and a uh, Stone Chapel was built there in the 7th century. Even people who didn't worship were moved to pray on those islands if there was just something about it. Shepherds called the island the other country because they they noted there was something not quite of this world about this island.
0: That sounds interesting, kind of, mis- kind of mysterious.
1: It is kind of mysterious. And then the mystery grows because eventually a lighthouse was built on the island and just a year or two later in 1900, a ship named the Hesperus sailed to the island with relief staff and supplies for the men who were working in the lighthouse. But what they found was a mystery that has never been solved. All three men working in the lighthouse had vanished. So the table was set... Two of the 3 oilskin coats the men used to battle the elements were missing from their hooks. There was an overturned chair. The doors and the gates of the lighthouse were firmly shut. And after a lengthy search revealed no real clues about what happened to the men, they did look in, uh, in their log, and there were some pretty unusual entries written in the log, including that one of the men had been crying, and another was notably quiet, which given the time and the place and the kind of person you'd have to be to work in a lighthouse did seem kind of unusual. So had they been spirited away or or swept to sea? I don't know, abducted by aliens? Nobody knows.
0: Wow. So the the mystery has never been solved?
1: No one knows what happened. But there's a um, 2019 film called The Vanishing. It stars Gerard Butler and it's based on this mystery. So you can visit our website for links to hear more about this mystery or to connect to the film.
0: That sounds really interesting. You know, I was in the, not on this island, but I was in, in, in the Inner Hebrides about 35 years ago on the island of Skye, which I believe is the biggest and most populous of the Hebrides. And it's very close to the mainland. In those days, there was a short ferry ride over from a place called Kyle of La but now there's a bridge. But I remember re- being really struck by the rugged beauty of the islands. There was this, these mountain range, which I think were called the Cullens or Cullens, and the, and the sea. It was just really a rugged, beautiful place. Really appreciated being there. I remember having some great fish and chips down by the harbor in Portree, which is the major city on the island. Lots of fun. Brings back neat, neat memories.
1: Well, Majorca and Scottish Hebrides, that was our mystery trip. We're headed back on board now and setting sail for another port. Join us next week for another great Island Watch adventure.
0: In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Island Watch Cast. Send us an email. Our address is islandwatchpodcast at gmail.com. And visit our website at islandwatchpodcast.com for show notes and more, like where we're sailing to next.
1: Fair winds and calm seas.
0: This has been a production of Phosphine League.
1: Phosphine League.
0: Phosphine League.
1: Phosphine League.